Bulletin Podcast, the show where we examine the latest trends affecting radiology. I'm your host, Chris Hobson, and today we'll be talking with Nathan Coleman, MD. Dr. Coleman is currently wrapping up a neuroradiology fellowship at Massachusetts General Hospital, after which he will serve as neuroradiologist at Radiology Imaging Associates in Denver. Dr. Coleman, thank you very much for joining the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. Uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Uh, just in the interest of full disclosure, uh, I kind of come to this issue uh, from the perspective uh, of a radiologist, certainly, and, and a patient advocate um, that has occasionally read and, and maybe written on some of the pertinent topics, but um, certainly not as someone who has uh, formal economics or public health education or anything like that. So Absolutely. Um, hopefully this is something that is uh, accessible and, and helpful for anybody who might be listening in. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of people in that boat. So I, I appreciate I appreciate you managing expectations there. Well, today we'll be talking about the two, two very related topics, price transparency and the related topic of balance billing. And so I'm, my first question to you is just really, you know, they've grown in important. These two topics uh, have grown in importance over the years. And I just wonder if you could give us a basic idea as to what the two concepts are and how they're related. Sure. So um, price transparency in healthcare to me is basically just what it sounds like. It's the idea that a patient uh, will know uh, ahead of time what their out-of-pocket out of, uh, uh, expenses are going to be for any particular episode of uh, medical care that they receive, um, you know, preferably at or before the time of delivery of care. Uh, there are a lot of reasons uh, that some of which we'll probably get into why this is uh, much more challenging than it sounds uh, superficially. Um, uh, and then balance billing is um, has also been referred to as surprise billing, or uh, uh, I know, I think uh, Dr. Richard Heller always refers uh, to it as surprise insurance gaps. Um, but that's basically what happens when a patient receives care from a physician that is outside of their insurance network. Uh, and when that happens, that means that uh, a patient, or, or th that means that that uh, um, uh, bill is not going to be fully covered or covered to the extent that it would normally be by the insurer, and then the patient gets stuck with a much greater than expected bill, or at least that's how that generally unfolds. Um, there are a lot of reasons that that can happen, um, some of which are um, often you know, not evident until well after uh, the episode of, of care has occurred. Well, before we get too far into the discussion, Dr. Coleman, we should probably say a word a little more about private insurance, uh, particularly because private insurance companies negotiate payment rates uh, with hospitals, which can affect price transparency in particular. Um, can you please talk a little bit about how this process makes it harder for the average patient uh, who, who has private insurance to gain a fuller understanding of the cost of certain healthcare services they may receive like imaging? Sure, I'll, I'll do my best anyway. Um, and as I kind of mentioned, there are a lot of different reasons why um, it can be challenging for a patient to know or, or their physician to know ahead of time what uh, their out-of-pocket costs are going to be. Uh, as, as you mentioned, uh, private insurance companies negotiate ahead of time with um, all sorts of different uh, medical care providers, uh, different medical systems. Um, it, uh, they negotiate with them ahead of time and privately to establish how much they're going to reimburse for um, any particular 
particular uh, type of care uh, imaging uh, or procedure that a patient may receive. So what that means is that uh, those hospital systems and those um, physicians are also adjusting uh, what their um, uh, what their prices may be uh, in order to maximize leverage with uh, uh, the insurers. Uh, there's something that hospitals have called a, a charge master list that uh, basically every system has that is just what it sounds like. It's it's essentially a menu of, of the, the prices for any potential uh, type of care that they receive all the way from just a, a Band-Aid in uh, the clinic to uh, you know the price of a, a major procedure. Uh, the problem with that, well, and I should say, as of a couple of years ago, uh, it, it became federally mandated that hospitals post that information, um, uh, I, I believe post online, um, but it has to be accessible to patients. The problem is those, uh, those prices that are, are listed in the charge master mean next to nothing in terms of what someone could be paying uh, out of pocket for, for any type of care. Uh, again, because that is dependent on the negotiations that the insurance companies made with the hospital system ahead of time. It depends on the specific health plan that uh, a patient may have. Um, and there you know, can even be additional layers of um, uh, depending on, on the, uh, because most, most people receive their health insurance through an employer, so there may be a, a, an entirely a, a another level of, of uh, negotiations that the employer is, is having with the insurers um, for what kinds of plans are available to their employees. And, and what this all kind of adds up to is, is something that for me almost calls to mind the, the um, old show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Uh, their tagline is, is the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. That's, that's kind of what always comes to my mind when I, I'm thinking about um, uh, uh, price transparency and pricing in healthcare, because so much of it really ultimately, in, in terms of what the end um, costs are, uh, certainly to the patient anyway, basically are arbitrary in a way. They kind of just are um, uh, dependent, they're, they're completely dependent on how um, the negotiation process goes between um, sometimes very, very large healthcare systems and uh, those similarly large uh, healthcare, or, uh, health insurance companies rather. And um, that can introduce all sorts of other you know, factors into the, the discussion as well. You can, you can really get down into the weeds with, um, uh, you know, the, the economics of, of, you know, how that works where you have um, consumers uh, in, in quotes, I guess, being the patients who are not um, paying the direct cost of the product um, being whatever care and, 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 but you have these, you know, in some cases, national or, or um, level corporations that are, you know, negotiating amongst themselves for um, how much this is all, all going to cost. And so ultimately what that comes down to is nobody really knows what anything is going to cost, yeah. at least in terms of the price that a patient may pay out of pocket. That's another important distinction at, at risk of getting too long-winded. Um, it's it's important to keep in mind here that while we use the terms interchangeably a lot of the time, the the cost, meaning the actual uh, uh, cost that it takes to deliver 
uh, a type of medical care, for, for instance, a, a CT scan, the cost that it takes, uh, that, that uh, the cost that it takes for a patient to uh, be at the imaging center um, and uh, get get scanned physically at the, the scanner um, for the, the uh, radiology technologist to, to be paid to, to uh, perform the scan and for the radiologist to interpret that, that imaging is at frequently completely separate and has little bearing on the actual price that is a listed on the charge master that whatever hospital system may have that that is setting that and and b um also may may be completely irrelevant to ultimately the amount the the, the amount of reimbursement that is negotiated with a particular insurance uh, payer so that was a pretty long-winded way of, of addressing that uh, question. Hopefully, somewhere in there, it was it was at least partially uh, answered. Uh, but I, I mean, the long and the short of it is is that this is a really uh, a complicated topic, um, and it's complicated not just for patients, but it, but it's challenging for physicians and people who are in all parts of, of the healthcare system. Um, it, it is just it's challenging to navigate, um, and it's it's challenging for any one person to, to have uh, um, uh, all the answers here. Well, it's interesting because you, you had mentioned um, just now that that's, you know, one, I think it was maybe two years ago, it rose to the level of uh, being federally mandated, you know, uh, charge um, publishing charge master lists right. and things like that. So why, I mean, wh why, I guess, you know, I guess you've already partially answered it. My next question is why has this issue rose to such prominence? Do you get the sense that it's a critical mass of, not, I'm sure patients, but also now physicians starting to kind of get behind this issue uh, slowly but surely? Or what is your sense on the ground as a doctor yourself? Yeah, I, well, so there's there's a lot of um, components to that um, because certainly, as you mentioned, it seems like there's there's been a fair amount of discussion um, in the news and at the at the national level regarding at least somewhat tangentially uh, some of some of these issues. Um, number one, price transparency is an issue because just because it's a it's a it's a patient care issue, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Patients shouldn't be having to um, you know empty their bank accounts. They shouldn't be going bankrupt, you know, because they are getting unforeseen medical bills because they they get sick. I think most people pretty unequivocally agree that that's not that's not a good thing that's something that shouldn't happen yeah. um and there's you can there's a lot of debate and you can you can haggle back and forth about to what impact you know medical bankruptcy actually has on people and that sort of thing um but certainly that's that's clearly an issue for for at least some fraction of of patients um, another issue is just the, the fact that um, healthcare costs in general are getting a lot of attention because um, since, you know, at least the last few decades, basically, healthcare uh, prices and subsequently uh, healthcare spending as a fraction of our uh, gross domestic product has only increased. And so people are um, uh, paying more attention to that issue generally and trying to find any potential uh, solutions um, to, to that continued increase. And whether or not price transparency in and of itself is uh, a means to that end is, is very much up for debate. 
Um, but certainly it kind of falls into the realm of that, that conversation. And I think is also part of why it's getting a lot of attention. It makes total sense. Yeah. I've, I've only seen this issue grow ever since I was even made aware of it. So I think we're kind of on that maybe incrementally upward trajectory on that. Um, yeah. yeah so, um, I guess you, you, again, you've touched on it, uh, but you know, uh, specifically with regards to radiology, um, maybe even in, anecdotally or, or in your experience, how does, you know, uh, how have you seen it affect radiology patients in, in particular, or maybe it affects all patients the same way? Um, sure. I'd be interested to know. Yeah, and, and I think this is something that is a particularly challenging issue for radiology, because as the radiologist, um, unless we're uh, certainly if, if we're performing a procedure uh, where we're face-to-face -face with the patient uh, and conversing with them, you know, we, we may see firsthand, um, uh, you know, what, what the patient is, is dealing with um, or may, may discuss that with them. But in, in so many instances, our patients aren't, we aren't seeing them in real time. We're, um, you know, interpreting imaging after the fact uh, and, and, um, medical, I mean, medical billing is itself a, a retroactive process, which is probably also part of, of the issue with all of this is, is that we've established in this country that, um, you know, that the way our uh, health care is paid for is, is, a, is a retroactive uh, sort of process. So um, that, that kind of is its own separate issue, but certainly it's challenging, I think, from, uh, as a radiologist to, um, uh, to always feel like you you have a finger on on you know how a particular uh, uh, imaging study is going to impact a patient because you just you don't have that firsthand uh, interaction with the patient. Um, that said, uh, certainly uh, you know I think most of us probably can think of anecdotal examples in in um, you know our lives where broadly speaking. Um, the, the, the cost of medical care has impacted, uh, you know, friends or family. And um, certainly in radiology, most of what we're doing is not cheap, uh, unfortunately, even the quote cheap, um, you know, imaging modalities, uh, it, you know, it can still be, um, uh, you know, over, well over $100 for, for an x-ray. Um, certainly, if you're talking about more advanced modalities, ultrasound, CT, MRI, those are, are big expensive um, uh, studies that uh, are performed with very expensive equipment um, that require, uh, you know, very educated people to, to perform uh, the imaging and, you know, obviously a, a physician to, to interpret the, the results of, of those, you know, that imaging. So I guess that was a roundabout way of, of saying that that I think in in radiology it impacts our our patients probably similarly to to, to patients in in any other uh, specialty or any other medical setting, um, but I think it, there's probably an added layer of of difficulty as a radiologist because depending on how in tune you are with your practice's uh, billing process or your health system's billing process, this may be something that completely uh, flies under your radar. Um, if you're a radiologist who is employed by a large healthcare system or works for an academic center, um, you know, the, that you may never really even see that side of, you know, uh, of the equation. Um, 
it's it's probably a little bit different if you're uh, a, a radiologist who's part of a who, who who owns a share of your own practice. You may be more involved in uh, your your uh, your billing mechanisms and and your your billing department that sort of thing. So you may see a little bit more directly how this impacts patients and um, uh, you know the the interplay between um, the different uh, the different health plans that, that people may have. Um, but it's it's yeah it's it's unfortunately uh, even in the the ideal situation it's it's something that's that can be convoluted um, for for physicians to understand. It's certainly not something that we get formal training in, um, right. and it's not something that's that's readily apparent when we're actually um, having our most important interactions with the patients, which is, you know, providing care, whether that's, again, retroactively as image interpretation or, or um, in person, you know, do, performing a, a procedure or something, something of that nature. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so much of health, health, I guess, price transparency and balanced billing can be viewed for that through that personal lens, but it's also tied up in these much broader areas of health policy and healthcare spending. And I'm wondering um, if you can just, you know, zoom in a little more on that, like, you know, it's not obvious that I think the way you've laid it out is, is so clear how it negatively can affect individuals, but it's, it's such a, I have to imagine a, a lot of over, it's an occasion for maybe uh, just not the most efficient spending in the world or the, the most, you know, the, <laughs> that, the, might, the, that might be an understatement. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what, so how do we, how, how do we get at that? Or how do we even just get our arms around such an issue? I mean, do you have any sense very, again, we're going from uh, specific to abstract, but um, if, from the, the meta sense, uh, give us a sense of what this problem. The, the broader sort of public health side of things that you uh, are alluding to, um, there, there's actually a decent amount of research out there now about price transparency and how it can impact uh, uh, competition or costs or um, certainly patients' uh, uh, choices that they make. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, I think the picture is probably muddled at best in terms of how much price transparency can act as, as a, a conduit to um, uh, to you know, more cost-efficient delivery of care, to um, improving competition, uh, that sort of thing. Part of it is again just the convoluted nature of this whole beast that we've talked about. Uh, part of it is um, the the fact that um, patients themselves are a not you know you don't you don't shop for healthcare the way that you shop for. Uh, you know, I don't know, canned vegetables. It's anything. not, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a totally <laughs> Literally different anything process, anything. right? You know, so obviously, A, patients don't always know what constitutes high value care, right? Because ideally, through, you know, price transparency, you're, you want to maximize value for, you know, the lowest costs at which that, you know, a, a certain level of quality is achievable. Um, so, you know, we, we don't always know what that looks like as physicians. Let a, like so, as a patient, it's incredibly difficult to know. Um, you know, who, who hasn't had formal medical training, or or even if you're a patient that has had formal medical training, it, it can be really hard to know in advance what that what that looks like. Um, and uh, so, even when that information, you know, again, when, when we have charge master prices are are posted 
online. People can access those now. There are some pricing tools out there, uh, different software programs that either um, uh, some some health systems or patients individually can access to, you know, put in what, okay, what's your insurance information, what procedure are you having, you know, how much will it cost uh, uh, to receive that out of pocket for you. Um, but even when those tools are available, uh, it can be really hard to know what patients, for patients to know what to do with that information. And then there's also the, the component where sometimes you don't have a choice. If you're in an emergent situation, um, you're going to either because you're physically going yourself or an ambulance has, has showed up and is transporting you somewhere, going probably to the, the closest available site that is able to provide the care that you need. You're not sitting down doing, uh, you know, several hours of, of searching on the internet to see, okay, who can, um, you know, do this uh, uh, cardiac catheterization, who can provide this head CT um, on an urgent, you know, in an urgent manner uh, at the uh, lowest cost. You're just trying to get it done. So there, there are a lot of reasons where, why, um, why I think price transparency is a vehicle towards um, improving, improving competition, lowering costs, all of that are, is, is maybe not the sort of panacea that I think occasionally it's been made out to be. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it's not something that we still need to strive for. Um, so. That's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, you made some gestures there about, you know, a few maybe minor uh, ways that radiologists can begin to pivot towards more price transparency. You and I uh, work on a blog series together, which I'm going to shamelessly plug at the end here, uh, a price transparency blog uh, series through ACR.org. And I uh, just our most recent uh, entry in that was from uh, a Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, I believe it was, yes. Um, yes. where they uh, move benefit specialists to the front line. Um, so the people who are probably most knowledgeable about this, they moved them right up there ahead of even scheduling. So that I just thought that was one really interesting. Obviously, that's a big effort to make that happen, but that's something within the the scope of a lot of practices to be able to do that. Do you do you have any other ideas or uh, like that, or is that a good? Do you think um, place for people to start is even just reading that blog post? Uh, well, certainly, in the interest of, of shameless plugging, you know, I would I would suggest everybody uh, go check out that blog post. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I think that's a great that's one of the best um, examples that I've I've seen of you know what are some things that we can do within within the framework of of how we currently operate um, uh, to to try and and empower patients with some of that information ahead of time. Um, uh, I think uh, Dr. Summer Kaplan, I think, is is who kind of helped head head up that program at at CHOP, um, or at least who who has um, written it up. I think for the ACR now and and in in the blog. Um, and um, as as you said, it's it's I think the the key part there is that that that's something that's happening in advance of uh, uh, you know even even scheduling because because that could have an impact on um, uh, a patient's, you know, financial situation. If, if again, the, the, maybe they're about to hit their deductible, maybe it's something that they should um, make sure that they schedule it before the end of the year uh, and that sort of thing. Um, uh, so it's something that needs to be a proactive 
um, process rather than reactive. And and again, I think it can be challenging depending on the setting of that you practice in. But if you are part of a system uh, that is willing to 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 um, make efforts in those areas, or if you are part of an independent practice, I think that is something uh, something that you can um, strive for to 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 really. Um, uh, give patients uh, as much uh, agency as possible uh, by by bringing that uh, to the forefront and and the the beginning of uh, your your interaction with them. Um, uh, you know, again, as as um, uh, you said, this is something that they are. Um, that that chop is doing at the beginning of, of their process. This is how they kick kick everything off, rather than you know you get a bail a bill in the mail um, six weeks after the fact. Certainly that still happens, uh, but um, so that there's some concept ahead of time. Uh, and I think that's probably the best that that in general we can hope for and strive for. Certainly, I think putting costs and prices things like that online are all worthwhile. It just doesn't always um, mean much to ultimately to the bottom line when um, uh, everything's said and done. There are other models out there. There are that are not, I, I don't think they're widespread. There are certain um, uh, uh, small places around the country that I've read about uh, places that will do, um, that do basically direct billing. Uh, they, they don't take any insurance at all. It's basically um, just you pay cash for X, you know, X amount of dollars for X procedure um, or X imaging study. Uh, and if you are a, a radiologist or a practice that owns imaging equipment, you could certainly do that. And I think there is, um, I, I can certainly understand why both uh, practices and some patients uh, why that is is very appealing. I that's doesn't make a lot of uh, sense. I think on at scale because it, just by definition, uh, any patients that are pursuing that option, they have to have a certain amount of disposable income. Right. Um, because it, as we mentioned, imaging, even if um, a practice owns equipment and is able to, you know maximize efficiency and, and keep costs low because they're not bringing in third parties or or they're um, not having um, uh, imaging performed at like a big hospital system, which is inherently more expensive. Um, there, it's still like you need a, a decent amount of, of uh, uh, cash to, to, to be able to do that. I mean, that's why health insurance started in the first place is because these things are just by nature expensive and a lot of people don't have that money just laying around. So right. um, in some contexts, I, that can be uh, an option, but it's just, it's not, um, certainly not any kind of uh, global solution, I don't think. Thank you so much, Dr. Coleman, uh, for all of your insights. This has been so helpful to so many people today. Um, and I'd just like to encourage our viewers, uh, if they'd like to learn more about the topics of price transparency and balanced billing, uh, you know, check out our blog series, like I mentioned earlier, at acr.org forward slash price dash transparency. Again, that's acr.org forward slash price dash transparency. And we've actually been um, maintaining that blog for several years now. So you'll see uh, some interesting evolution going on there. Um, and Dr. Uh, Coleman, you know, if people want to find you online, uh, 
uh, to discuss this uh, and to maybe continue the conversation, uh, can they find you on social media? And yeah, where? Um, Twitter is mostly where I'm active. I'm N. Coleman MD. Um, uh, also, you're welcome to email me um, at nmcoleman13 at gmail. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd love to love to continue the conversation. Absolutely. Well, it's an it's an evolving conversation, so I'm sure you'll have a lot to talk about, yeah. and hopefully, you'll come back and discuss any updates with us. Yeah. Um, excellent. Uh, when you're out in Denver. Um, so, and for our viewers, uh, you know, if you have any sh uh, ideas for future show topics, we, we really welcome them. And please, please do let us know on Twitter at the handle at radiology ACR. I also invite you to check out all of our, our past episodes at Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, and be sure to subscribe to ACR's YouTube channel to see our latest episodes. Uh, thanks again, Dr. Coleman. This has been wonderful. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And thanks to thank you so much to our listeners. This has been the ACR Bulletin Podcast. See you next time.